1: welcome to on texas football i'm bobby burton your host we're doing things a little bit different today we're going to have a compilation of three videos three different interviews uh we're going to start with justin wells uh, and talk about some uh, position move that just happened as well as some stuff that's going on in college station then we're also going to talk to jaskaran singh the first ever jeopardy national college champ uh, a senior at the University of Texas, representing the University of Texas very well, I thought, uh, this past week. Talked to him a little bit. And then we're going to finish up with some observations from uh, our Joe Cook, uh, Inside Texas beat reporter on the Longhorns, uh, the number one ranked baseball team, uh, the men's basketball team, and a little bit of basketball recruiting uh, news that was that's going on, and then also finish up with uh, some on the women's hoops. Uh, but let's get started with Justin Justin, you uh, broke the news yesterday that uh, Sawyer Gorham Welch uh, is moving to the offensive line this spring. Uh, I know it was confirmed by Jerry Hamilton as well. Uh, what are you hearing in that regard? Longtime defensive lineman out of your neck of the woods in Longview uh, moving over to the offensive line. Yes, sir. Um, with Sawyer Gorham Welch, he was, you know, in high school,
2: he was, he was a really good defensive tackle, but a lot of colleges viewed his projection as being an offensive lineman. They thought that he could be a road grader type, interior type guy, and probably a guard on either side just because of his sheer strength and, and he has really good feet and he's just a strong kid. Um, but he did not – he was ne- he's never been interested in the offensive line. If anything, the, the, the schools that recruited him for O-line, he pushed to the side. You have to understand, Sawyer's dad, Sean, played offensive line for Texas A&M. And so he has a good idea of kind of how the whole recruiting thing went and how, you know, moving positions can go. Well, I think it had been been discussed with Sawyer for maybe a couple of years that he's been in Austin that, hey, if you were willing to, we would love to see you move over. Well, uh, about three or four days ago, uh, we at Inside Texas, we could tell this spring was going to be different for Sarkin guys because there are a very lack of offensive line bodies, I mean, to the point where you can't really hold a lot of practices, Uh, you, uh, you know, that big class they just signed in 2022, all those kids except for Cole Hudson don't arrive until June. And so they need some bodies on that side of the ball. So Bo Davis approached Sawyer with with the option of moving over to the offensive line for spring only, and then told him if he, at the end of spring, if he would like to move back to defensive line, he has that option as well. And so there we, that's where we are now. Sawyer is now a member of the offensive line. He has two, uh, roommates that are offensive linemen so I think the transition will be pretty smooth but from a bigger picture Sawyer kind of has a win-win in this deal because if he does adapt to the O-line and he enjoys it he's not he, he's set to graduate in December and so worst case scenario he doesn't enjoy it graduates in December and goes and gets his master's and plays somewhere else best case scenario he likes it he gets his master, he gets his, he gets his degree in December, stays at Texas to get his master's and potentially maybe a, a shot at the NFL playing offensive line. And so, uh, you know, I caught up with a couple sources close to those guys yesterday. And, you know, Sawyer's mindset is he's going in with it as a team oriented guy. And I think I'm not saying the coaches are taking advantage of that, but they know this is not a kid that if upset's just going to leave. He's not. Sawyer's not built that way. He's he. They know he's going to stick around. He's not a transfer type of kid. His dad is has a no quit type of mentality, and so uh, you know they're 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 taking it day by day. But I think Sawyer is starting. He's going to put his best into this. If he thinks he can he can get on the field sooner. If he thinks he may have a shot at playing on a Sunday or getting into an NFL camp in a couple of years, this might be his route. And I will add the one little caveat that the Texas offensive line. They have that deal, the NIL deal, and if you don't think that didn't have a that didn't help the decision just a little bit, think again because this is a very smart kid who is, like I said, an incredibly team-oriented guy, very well liked in the locker room.
1: Referencing the Pancake Factory, uh, a uh, collective uh, uh, nonprofit uh, that was created by some uh, UT uh, friends of UT uh, that. Uh, I think it goes by Horns With Heart. Uh, I know it goes by Horns With Heart. And the Pancake Factory, uh, interestingly enough, uh, <laughs> said, uh, I think in December of last year, they were giving $50,000 a year to each offensive lineman on the roster uh, as of August 1. Uh, and so that, that's one of the things that I thought was interesting whenever that was announced, is that uh, those sorts of deals will have stickiness to them as it relates to current roster, you know, and that people don't necessarily realize that he goes somewhere else. He's not going to get his education paid for and money. Right. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, it, it won't still happen, but there's some stickiness there that, that can make that a reality for, for certain positions. I want to go on now. Um, and thanks for the update on, on Gorham Welch. Um, I want to go now to the situation that's occurring in college station. Um, big report uh, today and news broke yesterday, uh, you know, DeMond Demas uh, allegedly, and we need to use the term allegedly, uh, wide receiver for the Aggies, uh, went haywire, basically, uh, apparently, I, I don't know what else to, to put it. And it's, it's not not his first time. I'm wondering if there's any trickle down in recruiting. But uh, for those people don't, aren't aware, once you go over the situation, uh, and talk to him about that, Justin. Uh, DeMond Demas was a five-star recruit in high school. Uh,
2: I believe he started at North Forest. He tried to transfer his senior year, UIL, cut that. So he never played football his senior year. He had to sit out the entire year. He arrives at A&M with a lot of fanfare. Um, he, he, he's had a hard time kind of adjusting to the, to the speed of the game. He hasn't really turned into a receiver. Saying all that, Houston Chronicle came out with a story two days ago talking about this exact, or it was yesterday, talking about this exact issue. Apparently, this isn't the first time he's had problems with domestic violence. Uh, The the story cites, I believe it was from Brent Zwimmerman, it cites that last year he had an incident, uh, allegedly, uh, with a girlfriend, and the mother reached out. Uh, according to the story, reached out to the to a football staff, and she was blown off. She wasn't they didn't pay attention to her. they 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 kind of pushed her to the side. and 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 basically, that to me says if that's accurate, that that's a that's an enabler because that 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 trend happened again. It looks like. It looks like a, allegedly he was dating a, a softball player at Texas A and m. And uh, whose father actually used to play football at Texas A and M, um, and actually played college football here at Tyler Junior College. Yeah, know, let's so. not
1: let's not name the the, the young lady unless. Oh, oh I didn't. I wasn't yet. gonna name
2: him either. I yeah. shouldn't have gone in too much. You want to cut back on that? No, we you're fine. It.
1: You're fine. I I think that people are gonna ultimately find out, but we we need a. I was trying to not on the to side say of it.
2: caution. Yeah, okay. Go okay. Ahead. Make make sure whoever does this edits that. Okay,
1: <laughs> it's okay. It truly is. Don't worry about editing. I, I think it's and I'm, I'm not going to because I don't think it's I think it, that's an important thing for people to know is that okay. we're not going to release names uh, like right. that in in a domestic violence or anything like that. And I think it's important. And we haven't yet. And so I would appreciate just go ahead and go with your right. story. Right? Well, apparently,
2: um, he had some issues with there, there was an incident. Allegedly, with, with with his newest girlfriend, and so uh, he's been suspended by the university. That was announced yesterday. Uh, I'm unsure about his status within the team. I don't. I don't think Jimbo Fisher has commented on it yet. I'm sure that's that's soon to come. Uh, but from a recruiting standpoint, you know, A and M is really in a great position today. There's a lot of shine coming off that historic 2022 signing class, and I don't know how much of a recruiting how much it'll affect recruiting in the short term i think it'll be more of an issue of culture within the actual program at texas a&m i think there's some there there might be some issues there where you know the certain parents may not want their kids around that type of environment they may not want them around that type of of place that You know, if these alleged stories are true, where it's enabled by Jimbo Jimbo Fisher. Uh, We've seen in other schools where there's a zero tolerance to that, especially in in these days and days, and it it should be granted. And so um, at the end of the day, I think in the short term, it really doesn't hurt the recruiting efforts. Long term, you may see a a little residual kickback, but I think it's gonna depend on how Jimbo handles this moving forward. Because again, if this has been a, a reoccurring issue, it, it the one time deal, you cut them out. You've done what you're supposed to do. But if it continues to happen, you know, if it if it if it's a pattern and it's still being enabled, that to me changes a lot of culture. That kills a lot of Attaboys with one all crap. And so. Uh, moving forward Jimbo however he handles this I think is going to have a direct correlation to how the class of 2023 finishes up short term I don't see it really doing anything long term I think you might have a few parents want to start looking around at other schools a little bit harder if these allegations turn out to be true and if it turns out that Jimbo has been kind of looking the other way
1: yeah I'm my my take on this and and I agree with much of what you said Justin Uh, my take on it is is that I actually think it will help their team culture if they get rid of him. Um, If if he's being a disruptor uh, and DeMond Demas is uh, doing the things that he's alleged to have been done, uh, the team will be better off without him. That being said, uh, your comments about uh, uh, ongoing issues or uh, not paying attention uh, to uh, things when they're brought to his attention could have repercussions down the road. For Jimbo Fisher, uh, not just from a and but from state of Texas as being an employee of the state of Texas. So uh, it'll be interesting there. I do want to say this, a pitch for Inside Texas. Um, on Wednesday, you, Jerry, and Eric did a Q&A on the message boards that I thought was one of the best things Inside Texas has done in quite a while. A lot of great uh, scoop there, kind of inside baseball Uh, stuff that I I really appreciate and and enjoy reading. Um, Justin Wells, thank you for joining us. Uh, We're going to go to our next segment now uh, with Jeopardy! National Champ, first ever Jaskaran Singh. Thanks, Justin. You got it. Welcome to On Texas Football. Uh, We try to bring you uh, interesting guests here from time to time. And one of those is with us now. His name is Jaskaran Singh. He is a senior at the University of Texas, graduating uh, here in a couple months. Uh, Justgarin just won two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He is the first ever national college champion for Jeopardy. Uh, Justgarin, thanks for joining us, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here.
1: So, what's it like winning two hundred and fifty grand on a national game show as a college student? I mean, I I just remember eating Joey's pizza and you know, Nikki's pizza out of the Adobe mall and stuff like that. And it was like a dollar 75 a slice. You have 250 grand as a college student. What's what's
0: going on, man? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's been a wild ride. Uh, I, I, I have no idea how I'm going to spend it. I, I do need a car, which will be something. And then it's, it's always good to say I'm going to donate some. So that'll be uh <laughs> that's a bit of it right there, but um, it's just been remarkable as far as uh, all the support from UT after winning and stuff from the faculty, alumni, students, the um, administration, it's just been amazing. So just, uh, just grateful to do it for you
1: too. Well, congratulations. You represented Texas very well, obviously. Uh, you, you had to win, you had to win three rounds, right? And then the final day was actually two games within one game that uh, came together for a, for a, a final total. Uh, I watched all of them that, that you were in and uh, I was happy that you know a lot of games come down to the fourth quarter, right? In yeah. football or whatever. Yours didn't come down to the fourth quarter. You are up by two touchdowns. You didn't have to. You didn't have to bet anything in the final final Jeopardy, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I guess I was just kneeling. So that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were. That was the that's the that that was the uh, official uh, victory formation for, yeah. <laughs> for Jeopardy. Congratulations. Um, I saw you also. One of the reasons I wanted. Uh, reach out to you also. as It looks like you enjoy Texas sports. I saw you in the locker room on, Twi- on Twitter. I, you posted a, a, a thing of you doing a dance in the locker room after Texas won a basketball game last week. Chris Beard's did a good job of reaching out to fans. How did that even come about where you got to go in the locker room and, and uh, hang out with the
0: players? Yeah, that was just a crazy experience. I I was in home to, I was at home the previous day since that's the day the episode aired, uh, and then I took a bus in that, that morning uh, to back to Austin from Dallas, and uh, then I got a, a a message on the way from uh, one of the people affiliated with UT basketball, and she was like, "Hey, we have uh, some tickets if you want to come down, and you can meet the coach and everything." I was like, "Oh my god!" Okay, <laughs> so uh, I came down there, uh, uh, met the coach briefly prior to the game. Uh, went and cheered in the stands, and then uh, when they won, uh, they cleared out a little space. They were like, do something. Get, go go crazy. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did you did your best.
1: Uh, tell people a little bit about where where you went to high school, uh, what you're majoring in, and
0: what your plans are after graduation. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm from Plano, Texas. I lived there for the past 10, 12 years. Uh, went to Plano West High School. Um, and then uh, graduated from there in 2018 um, uh, senior here at UT. This is my final semester. I'm double majoring in finance and economics uh, with a certificate in computer science. Um, And uh, yeah, i I'm just, uh, I got a job lined up right now uh, uh, with a consulting firm in Dallas which is good because then I didn't have to come into senior year worrying about you know where am I going to work after college or anything like that um but yeah this whole experience I'm just you know on cloud nine this has been amazing it's best
1: well congratulations to you um before we go any further I've got to ask you uh, I've got to like put this on the line for you I've got to ask you a trivia question (laughs) okay okay? and this is not going to be for $250,000 but it will be for a free subscription to Inside Texas. Okay? Uh, All right, here we go. I'm trying to, I, I, I've, I've practiced this, but uh, what capital U.S. capital city is was once named after the battle that defeated Napoleon? Oh, yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's Austin, because what you <laughs> control the water? Yeah, I actually That's learned funny. this yesterday, or like two days ago. Uh, did somebody else ask
1: you that question?
0: No, a friend of mine was just telling me about it. He was he was like, oh yeah, you know, they used to call the Austin Waterloo or something. I was like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Waterloo Ice House and the Waterloo Records and those, <laughs> those kind of things, those were big when I was growing up uh, and going to school in Texas, at Texas uh, and something that's fun. So you definitely get a free subscription to Inside <laughs> Texas. Um, you know, I really appreciate your time here. Is there anything you want to talk about as it relates to sports or anything like that that you enjoy and, and look forward to this coming season in, in football, basketball, or what have you?
0: Yeah, so, you know, football season is, is, uh, is an up-and-down season, but you know, I, I trust that we'll get back to winning ways and everything. And uh, the basketball season, I, I went to these last two games and it was a ton of fun. I went to the women's game on Saturday. Uh, we looked pretty good coming into uh, March Madness, so just excited to Uh, see the teams compete and hopefully we'll, uh, who knows, maybe we win a championship there too. (laughs) Jess Garn,
1: congratulations, bud. And uh, thanks for representing the University of Texas and best of luck in future endeavors. And don't be a stranger on Inside Texas, okay?
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right. Have a good one, Jess Garn. You too. Let's welcome in now Joe Cook, Inside Texas beat reporter. Uh, Joe, uh, just head on Jess Garn Singh. Uh, the uh, jeopardy national champion uh you have any chance uh, any uh trivia questions you like to ask or you like to answer as a uh, party uh, party things
3: oh man i don't know i'm uh, I like watching jeopardy it used to be get home from class and, and watch a good amount of jeopardy so uh yeah 18th century poetry I, that wasn't my favorite final jeopardy <laughs> ca- final jeopardy category but you know 20th century history stuff like that that I'd I'd risk a bunch of money for uh, in final <laughs> jeopardy on that. <laughs> all, right, all
1: right. Um quite quick for you. You uh, talked with Chris Beard today, Texas basketball coach, Longhorns going to uh, Kansas this weekend, finishing big 12 conference play. looks like the horns are going to finish probably in fourth in the conference uh, in, within, within the league this year. Um, good solid year. Uh, your thoughts on that. And I, I know you also talked to him a little bit about some of the recruits as well. So go ahead.
3: Yeah, obviously, this is a, a strong year. Uh, and, and dovetailing that with recruiting, not not all the, the seniors on this team have made decisions one way or the other. Chris Beard said today they really haven't talked too much about it because Andrew Jones, um, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, any, anybody who's a senior except for Tristan Lacone and and uh, Jace Febris could come back if they wanted to. Courtney Ramey included in, in that group that could come back. So, they haven't said anything about uh, coming back. Chris Beard said so they hadn't even discussed it uh, because they're focused on this year. And this has been a really good year, I feel like. I know a lot of Texas fans are so starved for March success that they they just kind of ignore the regular season. Well, you can't get to March without the regular season. You can't establish rotations, all your, who your players are, all of that without the regular season. Uh, you can't measure yourself up without the regular season, and Texas, like I think, like you mentioned, is fourth and uh, is going to finish over 500 in, in the toughest basketball conference in Chris, Beard, Chris Beard's first year with a team that came together in a few months. So he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, at the same time, and I, I think I posted this in your and in the, in the comments on your Tuesday column, he's been saying Monday night program ever since he got the job April first. And that's still within the realm of possibility. Um, but the fact that he started there has not stepped off that precipice. This team has a lot to prove before it is able to be thought of as a Monday night contender, not just in, you know, winning those games to get there, but just looking at the quality of team. Now they've got a lot of things to, to shore up before they get there. Uh, going to your recruiting comment. Texas has two signees, uh, Dylan Mitchell from Montverde Academy in Florida, uh, Arterio Morris from Dallas Kimball. Interestingly enough, we had uh, Marcus Carr, who despite Texas being his, his third stop at, in his college career, went to Montverde, and he said he kept up with Dylan, has watched some of their games. Chris Beard says he tries to watch pretty much every game that uh, Dylan Mitchell, Arterio Morris – uh, have those two are signed they have Rowan Brumbaugh from Massachusetts committed and Chris Beard can't talk about that but I'm sure that it holds similarly uh, with him they watch every game talk about that and he said you know his message is be where your feet are uh, he says that to his team he says that to future members of his team um, and I, I think that's a, a good process to have and if you caught up with Jerry Hamilton or saw in the Wednesday Q&A it seems like those guys are going to end up at Texas, which is what this team needs a lot. They need that athletic wing and they need a a one guard who can kind of take things over and be a a true point guard. So uh, it was interesting to hear that since we haven't really heard him talk about uh, basketball recruiting since those two signed. Um, And of course there's still, in addition to signing Brumbaugh, whenever that uh, second sign or that other signing period opens up, I think next month, um, I would imagine they're going to be looking for guys in, uh, in the high school ranks in the, in the basketball uh, recruiting area, as well as trying to mine the portal like they did this year.
1: Texas women's basketball close out the Irwin Center this weekend. They're on a little bit of a run, huh?
3: Yeah, uh, seven-game win streak can finish anywhere between second and fourth uh, in, in the Big 12. Uh, really good year for, for Vic Schaefer. Uh, just, you know, running through the Big 12, uh, they dropped a couple questionable games, like losing to Kansas at home was kind of a surprise. Uh, but they they gutted out a performance yesterday in, in Allen Fieldhouse to uh, win by ten. Uh, and that game was that game was a lot closer than than a ten point game. I kind of watched tuned in over the stretch, and uh, it got down to either two or three. And Kansas was was playing with a lot of desperation. Uh, playing with a lot of effort, and Vic Schaefer's team gutted it out. So I think they're top ten in uh, the women's basketball NET rankings. Uh, of course, um, they, they're closing out the Irwin Center, uh, at least as far as regular season games go uh, with the women's tournament. I think they could host uh, some games there. So maybe a little bit more basketball, but they're trying to, to pack the drum. Uh, Vic Schaefer said he'll to- donate ten grand if they get 10,000 people in there to the neighborhood Longhorn uh program uh, if you check in thursday's edition of inside texas today uh which if you go to inside texas and hit the news that's that's where you find it scroll down to find it um there it's it, dollar a lot of things dollar hot dog dollar tickets dollar food five dollar beer six dollar imported beer like they're trying to get people there to support what's been a very good team this year and uh you know, I say try to make a run, another run to deepen the tournament and, you know, maybe repeat elite eight performance like they did last year.
1: Uh, I know they're trying to get people out to the drum. Vic Schaefer has asked for more fans to be there. Now there's an opening at Texas A&M for, for a uh, women's basketball coach, Vic Schaefer and Aggie alum, correct. Mm-hmm. Have you heard, has there been any scuttlebutt there at, in Austin at the uh, press availabilities or anything about that?
3: I haven't, haven't really heard too much. I, I, I understand why that's uh, thought thought to be, you know, why you're asking the question. Um, Vic Schaefer left a really good job at Mississippi state in order to come to Texas, uh, two national final appearances. Uh, part of it was coming home, of course, being from Texas and, and coming back. He, I think he spoke on Craig Way's radio show today about time spent in Huntsville in San Houston state. Um, the question, I don't. It doesn't seem like Vic Schaefer's a guy driven by money. I know A and M likes throwing money around for athletic hires. We've seen it a lot over the past couple of years. Well, uh,
1: Joe, Texas isn't
3: immune to that either. I mean, that's right, how Vic exactly. Schaefer came back Vic, in the first yeah, place. <laughs> exactly. Um, I and besides, unless A and M just completely just not just breaks the bank, but but vaporizes it. I feel like Texas is going to do everything they can in order to keep who is a, a, you know, what thought to be one of the best coaches in in college basketball and also keep uh, them from going to Texas A&M. So uh, not not I I don't have a ton of specific knowledge on it, but I'm not really feeling there should be a need for concern, even though, like you mentioned, he he did attend Texas A&M and was on Gary Blair's staff for a while, too.
1: Yeah, I uh, uh, want to finish off with uh, as good a team as there is on the 40 acres right now. And that's the uh, number the swimming one ranked. team. I know.
3: Yeah, yeah that's, that's, <laughs>
1: that's the team you're following this weekend. You're headed down. Uh, you literally told me before we got going that you were uh, getting your bags packed and headed to Houston this afternoon after you finish this uh, podcast. Uh, Joe, uh, tell me what the Longhorns plans are. I think they play. Uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, they have uh Tennessee, uh, LSU, and UCLA this weekend. So they've got three, you know, two, two SEC teams, and the SEC is a, a great baseball conference. And then mm-hmm. U, UCLA, historically, has uh, excellent prospects, if not great teams. So,
3: yeah, uh, mix. This is so they started with Rice, not a lot known about Rice, took care of them. then moved on to Alabama, played them in the cold. So everybody's bats were quieted down, uh, but took care of business. And now these, this series, I think will be the toughest test since Alabama Um, LSU and a first under a first year head coach. uh, They've been slugging the ball. They've been hitting it really well. Um, They've dropped the game, I think to Louisiana tech, but Louisiana tech's a good team too. And they're, they're really amped up for this year. So, all that said, it's going to be a, a big game. I think that one's Saturday. Tennessee, that's a team that they play in a tiny ballpark in, in Knoxville, uh, up in your neck of the woods. Um, and they, they get a lot of power numbers as a result. you got to be mindful of that with the Crawford boxes at Minute Maid Park. Uh, but that's, that's something I, can, I trust Pete Hanson to be able to handle. Uh, also, Tennessee is a fiery team led by a fiery coach, and, and Tommy Vitello – Probably looking for some vengeance, too, as far as getting back at Texas for knocking them out in Omaha last year and what well, was an emotional game. So uh, this is going to be the best test. Should be a good, good crowd all the, all the way around all weekend. Um, that Texas LSU crowd will be something special, I think, on Saturday night. Uh, and LSU, I don't think they've named a starter. They just sent out the, the probable starters, but Texas is going with its normal run. So uh, Steve, uh, excuse me, Hanson, Stevens, Witt. Uh, UCLA, I don't know a ton about this year. Um, I they've they've been good in the past. Uh, they have a lot of access to guys in that LA area for for baseball and have good tradition. I mean, what was it, Garrett Cole and did did Trevor Bauer, Bauer. go there? Yeah, yeah, both of them so. were.
1: I think they were one A and one B uh, right. in a single rotation. Uh, you know, a couple things. One is I bet on Saturday. So the, the Texas LSU game is expected to get going at seven o'clock my guess is around three o'clock in the afternoon in downtown Houston uh the raging Cajun is going to be raging I don't know if yeah. you've ever been there before but and I think it's last time I was in went down that way it was still there so uh, I bet that's going to be a crazy atmosphere uh so uh and then as far as Tennessee is concerned you're right the Omaha thing last year that was a uh, uh the the volunteers don't make it to Omaha often, right? Mm-hmm. And Texas knocking them out was uh, kneecapping them. Uh, really, I think that the their fans thought they could take somebody, take on somebody like Mississippi State, uh, and and possibly win the whole thing. And and Texas took it home. Uh, Joe, be safe when you're when you're driving down there. I have a lot of fun in Houston, uh, and we'll catch you on the flip side, man. This has been on Texas football. Uh, Joe Cook, our beat writer, we've also had on.